The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Let me ask that you do that which eyes have not seen, that which ears have not heard, that which has not even begun to enter into the heart of man. Change our lives today to the praise and glory of your name. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Amen. God bless you. May be seated. Now I need to dive straight into this teaching. You need to fasten your seatbelt because we are going to be going at jet speed. Everybody say jet speed. Today we are in part seven of our teaching. Victory, deploying proven principles of war. And today, we will be looking at the principle of unity of command. Last week, we looked at the principle of security. Thank you. And and today, we'll be looking at the principle of unity of command. All the principles are key to victory. In fact, I'm almost tempted to say one is the most important, but really all of them work together, as you will see. But this is a very crucial principle for victory. Our text is Genesis chapter 11 from verse 5 to 6. It says, But the Lord came down to look at the city and the tower the people were building. Look, the Lord said, The people are united and all, and they all speak the same language. Everybody says united. Speaking the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. You see, where there is unity of command, nothing is impossible. When in a home, there is unity. When a home is united and they all speak the same language, nothing will be impossible. When a business is united and they all speak the same language, nothing will be impossible. When a church is united and they all speak the same language, nothing will be impossible. When an individual is united, is it, can an individual be divided? Yes. Can an individual, when an individual is united and is speaking the same language, what is going on within is what is going on without. Nothing will be impossible. So if you were the enemy, what would you try to do? You cause division. You bring division. You bring fantastic ideas that doesn't line up with the vision. And there are some people, they cooperate so much with the enemy in our lives. You have to identify those people and ostracize them. The only way to deal with a cancerous cell is to cut it off or to kill it. Praise the name of the Lord. Napoleon, the great war general, said, Nothing 
is so important in war as an undivided command. It says, for this reason, when war is carried on against a single power, there should be only one army acting upon one base and conducted by how many chiefs? One chief. The principle of unity of command states that for every objective, started with the objective, for every objective, ensure unity of effort under one responsible commander. For every objective, ensure unity of effort under how many responsible commanders? Under one. Under one responsible commanders. Commander, sorry. Under one. So the key to the unity of command is simple. One person in charge. Period. That's the key. If you check how God works, that is how God works. In fact, there's, if, in, in war, it's consistent. There's a war, I mean, we, we, looked at, we look at historical wars, I mean, in, in this series. And there's, there's this series of wars called the Punic Wars. You know, there's the first Punic War, second Punic War, or third Punic War. It's, it's the Punic War is, is the war against Rome and, 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 and Carthage. Now, this second Punic War, Rome had been invaded by the Carthaginians. And Rome operated a, 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 um, a Senate system. So, the, so they have um, um, a Senate. Now, it was clear to Rome that if they didn't have a single person in command, they were going to be wiped out by the Carthaginians. So Rome appointed the famous Fabian Maximus as their commander-in-chief. But the Senate of Rome gave him a six-month um, period. They gave him a six-month um, contract to, to lead them, to lead the nation. And Fabio Maximus, he came up with what even in, in business um, management that is called the, the Fabian strategy, and dealt with the opposing force of Carthage. Now, for political reasons, after six months, the Senate said, "You don't do. Come and sit down." They appointed two generals. They said that one will be leading on this day, the other will be leading on that day, the other will be leading on this day, the other will be leading on that day. The Carthaginians saw that that was what they did and defeated Rome. Of course, they capitalized on it. Rome learned a bitter lesson. One person in charge. In the families, if you check how God does, does stuff, God always puts one person in charge. The husband is the head of his wife. She came now. He didn't say the husband that is more intelligent is the head of his wife. Did you say that? 
He said the other that is richer is the head of his wife. Did he say that? Hey, that's how it works. Don't look at me like that. That is how it works. A kingdom divided against itself, Jesus says, cannot stand. Mark 3, 24 to 25. God always put one person in charge. God did not call Adam and Eve and give them an instruction and say, let me form a committee, a committee of Adam and Eve, of human business, and this is the fruit that you need to eat. No, 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 God didn't bother. God gave the instruction to one person, Adam. It was Adam's responsibility to communicate to his wife, which he did. But Eve fell out of the unity of command by rationalizing. Every time you rationalize a line of instruction, you are heading for trouble, no matter how logical it sounds. Praise the name of the Lord. Check the scriptures. Moses, when God wanted to, to save a whole nation, God raised a man, Moses. Unity of command. When Moses was going... God said, hand over to Joshua, unity of command. In Ezekiel, God said, I looked for a man to stand in the gap. How many men did you look for? One. For a whole nation, unity of command. Unity of command. And we can go on and on and on. David, same thing. Isaiah, he says in Isaiah 6, God said, who shall we send? Who will go for us? <laughs> By the time you get to Jesus, the same thing. Jesus, one man, died for our sins. In marriage, it's the same thing. In the churches, it's the same thing. I, I know that God has given us intelligent wives and God bless our wives. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> but listen, let me tell you something. Ladies, never marry a man that you don't respect. Don't do it. Don't marry a man that when push comes to shove, even if you don't understand what he's saying, you because you don't respect him enough to obey and align, don't marry the man. You're headed for trouble. Because the way it is set up, hey, Pastor, what if I marry such a man? Sorry. Align with such a man. Because the way it is, that's the way it's set up. God wants us to reason together, yes. God wants us to agree on the course of direction, yes. But when there's a conflict, Conflict in ideas and ideologies. God, there's no confusion in the direction the family is going. My wife is very intelligent and very brilliant. She's more intelligent than I am. But I receive the vision from God. Look, guys, it's your responsibility to receive a vision, a direction from God for yourself and for your family. It is your call. You have no business getting married if you are not clear on that instruction from heaven. Okay, Pastor, I'm, I'm married already and I'm clueless. Go and meet God. And he will tell you, if you check, that's how God works. In Revelations, 
to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write. To the angel of the church in Smyrna, write. To the angel of the church in Sardis, write. To the angel of the church in Thyatira, write. To the angel of the church in Ephesus, write. To the angel of the church in Pergamos, write. God, obviously, John wasn't writing a letter to an angel in heaven. So what does, what, does, what does God mean by to the angel, to the messenger, that's the word angel there, to the person that has spiritual oversight over that church, God will always send his instruction to the person that has oversight. God doesn't send his instruction to a committee. If you, if you work with me, I don't work with committees, I don't like committees, I don't like it. Building committee. You never find it in God's family's house. Have you heard of anything like that? Uh, anyway we work in teams and teams are fluid we set up teams for different purposes and every time I set up a team I'm always clear who cuts the shot it may be your junior in secondary school but if it's the one that is calling the shot you align no stories if you can't align you have an issue with God not with me Romans 16, 17 says, I heard you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those that cause division and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. What should you do with such a people? Keep away from them. Cut them off. Note, mark them and cut them off. So watch out for people that are unable or unwilling to take clear instructions. Watch out for them. And God says, stay away from them. So your job as the leader is to establish a chain of command. Each person should have only one boss. Uh And they need to know who it is. Each person. I don't know. Everybody's a leader in, in different capacities. Each person should have only one boss. In a domestic setting, for instance, in my home, domestic staff, they have only one boss. Who is that boss? My wife. If she wakes up and has a bad day and fires somebody, I don't, I'm not going to meddle with it. It's a business. Praise the Lord. You see, by the time you start causing confusion, your wife has taken a decision, you come and you reverse it. Uh, 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 uh. There's only one boss. That boss reports to you in the bedroom. In the bedroom, you can ask her, why did you do this? I try and set her straight. But when she steps out of the bedroom, who is in charge? In fact, one of the fastest ways of getting fired is not recognizing who your boss is. Haven't you worked? I mean, I've worked in organizations, and you have people, they, they, their line of reports is this person, and they are dancing to another person's tune. Ah, fastest way to get fired. Your job, when you enter any setting, discern who your boss is. Because each person has to be answerable to one person. Ah. Delegated authority 
is not the ministry authority. So if, if, if um, my wife is in charge domestically, has delegated that as a business, um, if she fires the cook or not, it's not, why would I be worrying about that? As long as I have food to eat, I really don't care. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not diminished authority because I, I, I give the example with the woman at, in law school that they used to be in law school that controls traffic, you know, and all that. If a trailer is coming, the woman does like this. What happens to the trailer? Stop. Should stop. That is authority. That's not power. That's authority. The person that delegates authority retains the power, but gives authority. If the trailer refuses to stop, does she have the power to stop the trailer physically? No, she doesn't have the power. But she has the authority. As a child of God, God has given you authority. You have your line of command. It's clear. You have your authority from God. If you say in the name of Jesus, what you are saying, when you say in the name of Jesus, you know what that means? Through the authority of Christ, I command you to go. The demon must go. Not because you are powerful, but because he is powerful. Now, if that trailer doesn't stop, what happens? Well, what should happen is all the law enforcement agents in the Federal Republic of Nigeria will be deployed, should be deployed, to bring the trailer driver to book, right? And that is what should happen. It's the same thing spiritually. When you enter a situation, you need to get this, 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 get this. And it's contrary to God. And you stand as a child of God. And you say, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I speak order into this atmosphere. There has to be order. If there is no order, all the first law enforcement agents of heaven will be responsible to enforce that order. Praise the name of the Lord. It's not your job. It's, I've seen people want to cast out the demon. They are rolling up their sleeves. That's yes, today. I'm like, they don't even know what they're doing. Just speak the word. As long as, of course, you are aligned. Uh. Napoleon was legendary for his quickness of decision during a crisis. I mean, if this is one, one thing that also tries, as a leader, that tries to affect negatively your um, unity of command is crisis. You know, when people are in crisis, they don't think clearly. They, they, they are not able to rise up to the occasion. Napoleon was legendary. At in the midst of crisis, it's clear. It's unperturbed. It deals clear instructions. So the ability, there was a research by Stanford University that shows that the ability to function effectively in crisis is the most important single quality of a great leader. 
the most important single quality of a great leader, whether you're a husband or you're a business leader, is the ability to function in crisis. If you have a home that the head of the home is always jittering when there's a crisis, is always, in fact, he's always the negative one, you have a big problem. You have to be rooted in Christ. So that when there's a crisis and everyone in the family is looking up to you, you can step up and say, this is the direction and God will back you up. Praise the name of the Lord. They discovered that the ability to deal with crisis could not be taught in classrooms. <laughs> but only in crisis situations. They said no case study that can be used to teach crisis management. Praise the name of the Lord. So to get to that place where in crisis and out of crisis, because if there's one thing that is constant in leadership is crisis. Constant. A leader must be comfortable with crisis. Comfortable. To be able to respond accurately in crisis, you have to be rooted in God's word. You have to be rooted in the word of God. You must align with the command from heaven, the command center of heaven. You must align. And once you align, you take charge of your life. You take charge If you look at the story in, in, in Luke 19, 17, Jesus said to his servants that he gave a parable, a, a king, a master gave the servant some things and he came back and checked them. Jesus said, you have been faithful in little. Now, because you have been faithful in little, because you have taken charge of little, because you have risen to the occasion in little, I am going to promote you over a lot. Many of us are asking God for promotion and God is saying, have you risen to the occasion in the little? Have you, have you taken charge in the little? Why? Because you cannot be promoted beyond your current level of obedience. You can't be promoted in the things of God. With God, you can't be promoted Beyond your current level of obedience. It's what is your current level of obedience. The, that is your level of, of promotion. You cannot go past this. If God says do A and you do it, promotion. If he says do B and you do it, promotion. If he says do C, you do it, promotion. If he says do D and you logicalize it, they wait for you. While you are there, they wait for you. While you are still thinking, they are waiting for you. You may be praying. I receive promotion in Jesus' name. No, they are waiting for you. You may be decreeing and binding and losing. Heaven is waiting for you. Heaven is waiting for you. And as a leader, the same thing. I mean, you, you, you say to, to someone, oh, you, you need to do A, B, C. And one person does it. The other person 
comes and challenges you. Why do I need to do ABC? You need to explain to me. And maybe you don't have the time. You really want to explain, but you really don't have the time. But, you know, the next time you want to give the assignment, CDE, who would you give? The other person. Without even thinking. So, what instruction has God given you that is outstanding? What instruction has God given you that is outstanding? Who do you need to forgive that you have not moved in that direction? Who? What? Some of us, we need to give something. What do you need to give? Maybe God has said you should give that sister the car. Give her the car. Say, ah, pastor, don't go there. (laughs) For some of us, it's repentance. What do you need to repent of? See, God is convicting you. God is confronting you with issues. He wants you to repent and you are not repenting because you know. You know why people don't want to repent? Because they know that they still want to go back. So if I repent now, <laughs> okay, let me, let me just, let me just, I will repent later. For every instruction you defer, there's a promotion that is deferred. A deferred instruction is a deferred promotion. By, I've, said, I've said to you guys before, and I'm going to say it again because, it's because I said it before doesn't mean it's current. But I'm going to say it today because by the grace of God it's current. By the grace of God, there's no instruction that God has given me till date that is outstanding. None. Now, why am I saying this? I'm not saying this because I want to brag. No, 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 no. I'm saying this to let you know that it is possible. You can do it. What is outstanding? Why? Because if, if, if what the structure and the work of Christ in your life does not align with the work in your life on the external, the person is fragmented. There's no unity of command in the person you will be conflicted. So you have to be sure that what you are doing on the outside is completely aligned with the work of Christ on your inside. That way you are in peace and you become unstoppable. When the work of Christ on the inside aligns with what you are doing on the outside, you become totally unstoppable. The issue is that a lot of us, we are living a double life. What is happening on the outside is different from what is happening on the inside. And that's where the problem is. God doesn't want you to start from the outside. God wants you to resolve what is on the inside so that it can flow to the outside. That scripture says that the people are united and they all speak the same language. They are aligned. And because they are aligned, they are unstoppable. When a home is united, it's unstoppable. When a family is united, it's unstoppable. When a business is united, it's unstoppable. When a church is united, it's unstoppable. When a person is united under the command of Christ, that person is unstoppable. Is there confusion in your life? 
Are you conflicted? I want to invite you to come under the command of God today. So that there's peace. So that you have integrity. In fact, the word integrity is from the word integer. Integer, you know. So that you are all. So that you are unstoppable. Let's burn our hearts. Let's burn our heads. I want us to talk to God. Even right now. About what we have heard. What instruction have I deferred? What promotion have I denied myself of? Talk to God. And why don't you begin to repent? You may be here, you are saying, Pastor, I'm conflicted. I'm confused. I need to come under the single line of command of Jesus. You are saying, but I, I, I've been born again before, but I've backslidden. Can I come? Yes, you can. I want to come to God. I want to pray with you quickly, wherever you are. That is you. Put up your hand now over your head. God bless you. Put up your hand. Put up your hand. Well, I'm conflicted. I want to be aligned. I want to be realigned. Put it up well. God bless you over your head. God bless you, my sister. God bless you over there. God bless you. Keep the hands up. Pray with me. If, you, if, you, if, if, if your hands are up, why don't you say to Jesus, help me. Come and have your way. Anybody else? If you are online, instructions are scrolling. That is me. The rest of us wanted to talk to God. Some of us, we need to make, have a resolve in our heart not to disobey God again. You're gonna, you need to say to God, Lord, I've been full of my own ways. No wonder I've been suffering defeats here and there. No wonder I'm confused. No wonder I am fearful. No, no, no wonder I am conflicted. I have not been under a single line of command. But today, I am, I am realigning, Lord. I'm realigning. I'm realigning. Father in heaven, we pray for everyone that is here, that is surrendering to you, Lord. We ask that you totally, totally deliver them from every form of confusion in Jesus' name. Bring them under your government. Bring them under your line of command. Change their lives and let your name be glorified in their lives. Father, we thank you. Honor and glory we give unto you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed.